Hello everyone and welcome to Box Office Receipts. I'm your host Tyler Callahan and we got quite a bit of news to go over this week. We got new films released domestically, uh, news from Warner Brothers, Comcast among other things. Well, let's start as always with the weekend top five. Opening in first place is Dragon Ball Super Superhero with 20.1 million. Opening in second place is Beast with 11.5 million. In third place is Bullet Train with 8 million for a total of 68.9 million. Fourth place was Top Gun Maverick, which refuses to leave the top five. It made 5.8 million for a total now of 683.3 million. Lastly, in 5th place was DC League of Super Pets, with 5.7 million, for a total of 67.4 million. So Dragon Ball Super Superhero opening in 1st place was not a surprise. Anime films have been starting to get a foothold domestically at the box office, and this is one of the biggest franchises. Now while it did open to great numbers, and also opened bigger than the last Dragon Ball film, it was just a million under from Demon Slayer's opening from last year, which made 21.2 in its debut. For movies that do not have big marketing campaigns, anime films have shown two things when it comes to the box office. They can dominate the opening weekend by guaranteeing fans will rush out to see it. Second, due to not having a big marketing campaign, there is typically a sharp drop in the second weekend as fans will rush out to see it, and that's most of its run right there. We will have to wait and see if Dragon Ball follows the same blueprint. As for Beast, personally, it did better than I thought it would. I was thinking mid-single-digit opening due to what seemed to be a subdued marketing campaign. Uh, personally, I only heard about the film two months ago, but did not realize it was actually a universal film until last week. The good news for this film is the budget is reported to be around 30 to $35 million. So, if it can do okay domestically, and okay internationally, it should make most of its money back from the box office. And then down the road, make a small profit from digital and physical media. But, if Universal was thinking of giving this a smaller budget to make greater profit off of it, well, that's not happening. We have a newcomer opening in first place in China with New Gods Yang Jin. The animated film opened to $19.8 million. With this, Moon Man moved down to second place with a close 17.8 million for a total of 397 million. Third place was Minions The Rise of Gru with 11.6 million. Warriors of Future made 10.5 million for fourth place. It now has 72.8 million in total. And in fifth place was The Fallen Bridge with 3.3 million for a total of 30.6 million. Let's start with the Chinese films first. Clearly this was a quieter weekend for the box office, but new films still being released is a good thing. For Yang Zhen, it was an okay opening. The last film, New Gods, Neza Reborn, made around $67 million last year. So this could get close to it, but this will not be a sequel that blows up from the first. Warriors of Future held on really well, only dropping 11% from last weekend and it might be able to leg out to $100 million. In not good news for Chinese films, The Fallen Bridge has indeed fallen, dropping 82% compared to last weekend. Yikes. 
As for Hollywood films, Minions, I feel, did okay. Uh, compared to most films of the franchise, it opened okay. But the last one, Despicable Me 3, made over $150 million. This will not come anywhere close. But this was to be expected, as it kind of had a lot against it. The release date was announced only two weeks in advance, so not much time to promote it. It was going up against a Chinese animated film. And for fans of Minions, they could have looked for a good stream of it online since it's been out on VOD since early August. If Universal is lucky, maybe it'll get around to $30 million. For international numbers, Dragon Ball Super Superhero opened in a few other markets as well, making $12 million for a worldwide total of $50.1 million. Should be noted the film has already had its run in its home country in Japan and made $18 million there. Speaking of Japan, the latest One Piece film, Red, is doing really well, so far making $68 million. Beast made $2.8 million for a worldwide total of $21.9 million. Nope made $9.4 million for a total of $133 million. It is very likely it will make $150 million worldwide, maybe $160. Uh, Jurassic World Dominion inches closer to a billion. Uh, with an additional $3 million, bringing its total to $984.7 million. DC League of Super Pets is still not doing great. It made $6 million for a total now of $130.4 million. Finally, Bullet Train made $12.1 million for a worldwide total of $150 million. For news, we start with the possible comeback of MoviePass. Yes, good old MoviePass. 2018 before the craziness of the pandemic and everything else it was great spending ten dollars per month to watch all the movies you wanted well if you don't remember that it blew up too fast and was unsustainable and eventually collapsed well now under somewhat new owners they are trying it again starting august 25th people can sign up for a wait list to subscribe to the beta version of the new service then on labor day the initial batch on the wait list will be given the option to sign up for it there will be three tiers, costing $10, $20, and $30, respectively. Each tier will give you credits to use to buy tickets. They have also said that at least for the beta version of the service, there will not be an unlimited movie watching option. I give them props for trying to restart the service and try to make it viable, but they need to do a few things. First, they need, first they need to make it easy to use to buy a ticket with it. Using credits to buy it could be easy, but it also could make it unnecessarily uh, complicated. They also need to target the proper audience, which is people who do not want to be locked into one theater. Both AMC and Regal have their own subscription services, and with what they offer, MoviePass can't beat it. They need to sell it as, hey, you, go watch some movies, save some money, and go to any theater you want. That is who they need to target. Let's see how long the service lasts this time. Now let's talk about Warner Brothers again because they can't seem to keep themselves out of the news. First up, more film delays, and Deadline has the exclusive on this. Shazam! Fury of the Gods is being moved out of the holiday window and as counter-programming to Avatar. It will now open up March 17th, 2023. And since we have a new DC film opening in March, that means Aquaman and the Lost Kingdom gets another delay and will come out the following December on Christmas Day. The Nun 2 has a release date and will come out September 8th, 2023. An untitled event film was given a release date of February 10th, 2023, though considering that's less than a year away, it's probably not a big film. 
Finally, two films meant for HBO Max will now be going to theaters. A remake of House Party, which was set to be released over the summer, will be released in theaters December 9th. And a new Evil Dead movie called Evil Dead Rise will come out next April. So yeah, more delays for Warner Brothers, which is not great. Now, there was a rumor going around that part for some of the reason of the delays is that the studio does not have enough money for marketing and press tours. If that is true, Jesus, that is bad. But for now, let's just take the delays at face value. Shazam will have a lot of marks to itself, and the first one was released in April of 2019, where it did okay. Aquaman being another holiday release works for it. Again, it is the only DCEU film to pass a billion. As for the HBO Max films going to theaters, as long as they put some marketing work into it, they should do okay. Nothing great, but considering they were going straight to HBO Max, it should be solid returns. Also going on at Warner Brothers this week is apparently there are screenings for Batgirl, the cast and crew, before the film gets put away. Since it will now never see the light of day, this is the only chance for people who worked on the film to see it on a big screen, a bit not fully finished, as it was still in post-production. Lastly for Warner Brothers, some good news. Deadline has the exclusive on this, and that is that they have signed Matt Reeves to a first-look deal for him and for his production company. As for the terms of the deal, Warner Brothers will have first-look rights to anything Reeves wants to direct, produce, or write. This marks the first filmmaker deal since the new studio heads Michael DeLuca and Pamela Andy took over. Overall, this deal makes sense for both Warner Brothers and for Reeves. Right now, Reeves is already working on a script for The Batman 2 and working on The Penguin Show for HBO Max. Since he will clearly be working with the studio over the next few years, it makes sense to call that place home for now. For Warner Brothers, this was a must-get. PR-wise, the past few weeks has been trash, and their reputation has taken a hit. By locking up Reeves, they can try and sell that, hey look, we still support and love filmmakers, and to, you know, try and show some stability. Also, as of now, the Batman is the highest-grossing film they have had since Joker, which was also a critical hit. Uh, it would be common sense to keep the director of that film around. So yeah, great move for both parties. There's another film in development, and it is another exclusive from Deadline. From Skydance, a film called The Gorge is in the works, being described as a genre-bending love story with action. As for who is signed on, Miles Teller is close to signing on as being the lead for the film. And Scott Derrickson is looking to direct, coming off the black phone. On paper, it sounds interesting, but I'm going to need to hear more before I get excited about it or not. Based on what we know, this sounds like a 2024 film. And what was interesting is Deadline has not named who would be distributing the film. I wonder if this means someone like Apple or Netflix will buy it. Uh, something to watch out for. In distribution rights news, G-Kids has bought the North American rights to New Gods, Yang Jin. The animated Chinese film that was just released in China, we just talked about it a minute ago. As of now, G-Kids is planning a theatrical release for the film early next year in both Mandarin and in an English dub. Since they are saying early next year, I would think it's safe to say they're planning for next February for Chinese New Year. If they market the English dub for the movie well, it could make a bit of money at the box office. Though I don't think it's going to break out, maybe 10-20 million total. But a Chinese film in America... That would be great. Between this and buying the rights to the last Evangelion film, it does seem like G-Kids is pushing to expand a bit, especially with theatrical runs for films. It makes sense. They're seeing Crunchyroll with all the anime films and theaters, and they want a cut of it. 
Roadside Attractions has announced a deal with Hulu for their pay one window after their films run in theaters. Roadside is a smaller studio focused on indie films, but you might have heard of some of them, including Manchester by the Sea and Judy. Since the deal is specifically with Hulu, it is for US streaming only. It is not mentioned that those films will go to Disney Plus internationally. Also, as of now, Lionsgate will still release their films in theaters and on home media domestically. For the story, I was not sure where to put it, uh, but we do have an update on Halloween Ends, which will now have a day and date release on Peacock. Universal had Jamie Lee Curtis release a video announcing the news. Uh, the film is still set to come out October 14th. I think they're doing this for two reasons. First, they know the film's not going to go over well. I've read some leaks for the film, and if they are accurate, I'll tell you right now, the fans are going to be pissed. So, if they know it will not do good at the box office, they can do a simultaneous release. It works to their favor. The second reason is tied to this, and that is to try and boost their Peacock paying subscribers. Now they can advertise another big movie coming day and date, and if it does bomb at the box office, they can just say, well, people wanted to watch it at home. At this point, after the last one, I'm not looking forward to this. And what started off great as a potential amazing trilogy has just been wasted. In trailers this week, we got a teaser trailer for Sam Mendes' next film, Empire of Light. It will premiere at the Toronto International Film Festival in September, and then be shown at the BFI London Film Festival in October, before its theatrical release in December. We start off VOD Premium with an update to Disney+. It's been confirmed that Thor Love and Thunder will premiere on the service on September 8th, aka Disney Plus Day. Like other Marvel films, it will also be IMAX enhanced. Along with Thor, other content being released on Disney Plus Day includes the making of Thor Love and Thunder, uh, making of Obi-Wan Kenobi, new sing-along versions of Frozen 1 and 2, Cars on the Road, and the live-action adaptation of Pinocchio starring Tom Hanks. Disney also released a new trailer for Pinocchio showing off the real boy. And, uh, yeah, to be honest, it didn't look that great. I can see why it's going to Disney+. Plus. Still, Disney is once again putting in the effort to make Disney Plus Day a thing, and it makes sense as they want to build up that brand with customers as it becomes an important cornerstone of the company. Along with this, we will be getting announcements on new projects in the works, so it'll be interesting to see what the updated roadmap for the next few years looks like. Also in Disney Plus news, Avatar has been pulled from the service. People noticed this week that it was not available to watch, but is still available to buy and rent from VOD services. Disney has not said anything about it yet but they have also started their push this week for the Avatar re-release in September. It does make it seem like they want people to go out and watch it and think, well, if they pull it from Disney+, Plus, it's going to help. Personally, I think it's a silly move. Like, like marketing the re-release? Go ahead, sure. But do they really think people are going to go see the marketing for it? Be like, nah, I'll go watch it on Disney+. Plus. They don't see it there, and they're like, well, they got me. I guess I'll go to the theater. Like, how many people are going to act like that? Not much, probably. Deadline is saying it'll be back later, likely ahead of the Way of Water release in December. But still, pulling it at all is just a silly move. Sticking with Disney, or more specifically Hulu, 20th Century announced that a new Hellraiser film is coming out October 7th and will be released on Hulu. Directed by David Brunkner, the film looks to be a reboot and not a continuation of the franchise. Now, I haven't watched the Hellraiser films, but what I will say is announcing this less than two months from release, usually that's not a good sign. 
Now I know for streaming films, marketing is only done closer to release, but still. I did not hear a word this was happening until it was announced. I hope for fans of the franchise, they get a great horror film. Some good news for Paramount Plus, the company said that the newest Paramount Plus film secret headquarters became the most watched original film in its first week of release. However, Paramount did not say how many minutes that was, or how many people actually watched it. Like, yes, this is good news, but also, like, original films is a low bar. Cool, you performed better than the Infinite movie last year with Mark Wahlberg. Not really a high bar. But I guess it's something, and it looks to prove it might have been the right move to pull it from theaters and move to streaming only. For Peacock, we have an update on when the current season for their shows will transition from Hulu to Peacock. I talked about it months ago in the spring when Comcast announced that for the upcoming fall season, the latest episodes will not go to Hulu, but instead Peacock and Hulu will only have the previous seasons available. Now we know that it starts September 19th. As for what shows will be affected by the change, they include all of the Law & Order shows, all of the Chicago shows, their late night shows, Saturday Night Live, Young Rock, and New Amsterdam, among others. For me, I'm just curious when the next quarterly numbers come up, if this actually does increase people subscribing to watch the new episodes of these shows. HBO Max has a new hit on their hands, and that is the comeback of Game of Thrones. House of the Dragon had its debut Sunday night and killed it. HBO confirmed that in America, 10 million people watched it, making it the biggest debut for any HBO show, and that it has surpassed all expectations. I even saw on Twitter that HBO Max, at least in America, was having an issue keeping up with everyone trying to watch it. Haven't seen that in a while. So in the middle of all the turmoil at Warner Brothers Discovery over the summer, at least they have Game of Thrones coming back to help lift their spirits. This debut also shows that while the last season of the original show was panned, fans want to come back to this franchise and will do so if it's good. Deadline has the exclusive on this news for HBO Max, and that is it is getting exclusive films for it. I know, I know, I know. We all heard that the practice of releasing movies exclusively for HBO Max was over. And it kind of is for the most part. But it looks like these are going ahead because they're low budget. So what are the films? Well, there's four. It's going to be four Christmas films, and they will all be released between November and December. The films are A Christmas Story Christmas, Holiday Harmony, A Hollywood Christmas, and A Christmas Mystery. So yeah, these don't sound like big budget films, and if they all have a budget of like $10 million or less, then I can see why they're going straight to HBO Max. We wrap up VOD Premium with some news from Netflix. First is a story from Deadline in regards to casting. They're working on a new film called Atlas. The film is set in the future where Atlas fights for humanity and battles an AI who thinks that the best way to end the war is to kill all of humanity. Jennifer Lopez has been cast as the lead role of Atlas. Simo Liu has been casted as the antagonist. And Sterling K. Brown has been cast in the role as well. The film is being directed by Brad Payton. I have mixed feelings on this. The cast, so far, sounds great, but the plot of the film sounds very generic, and with it being a Netflix film, it probably will be. I hope I'm wrong, and it turns out good, but I'm likely to give it a watch due to the cast. And another exclusive from Deadline, the Bioshock film being worked on at Netflix, is starting to move forward. They have hired Francis Lawrence to direct it, and Michael Green will write the script. Lawrence is most famous for directing most of the Hunger Games films, and is currently filming the prequel. He sounds like a solid pick. My concern for the adaptation is that visually, it, it has to look amazing. The Bioshock games have a unique look, though. If it turns into a more Netflix film feel, it's going to lose it. 
that would be very disappointing. Last story we got is an update on the Knives Out sequel, Glass Onion. The film will be released on Netflix December 23rd, and beforehand will be released in select theaters. The company did not say when that would be, or how wide of a release it would be. If Netflix is smart, they would try to get AMC and Regal to show the film even for a week or two. Since they are focused, like others, to become profitable, the box office potential is money being wasted away if they don't do a proper wide release. Like, personally, I want to see it in theaters, but I shouldn't have to drive 30 minutes away to see it like I did for The Great Man. And that'll be it for this week's episode of Box Office Receipts. Question for the episode is, are you excited for Disney Plus Day? And if so, what are you looking forward to watching? Let me know on Facebook, link to the page is in the show notes. Thank you for listening. Bye.